Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Rod Babers has played in the game. He's been a part of Texas at OU, covers OU as well, and uh, he joins us on 360. Texas, excuse me. My God, he may hang up on us. Uh, he, uh, He joins us now on 365 Sports. Rod, can you try to describe what the week is like? Can it still try to be the same week? Is it difference? How much difference when you play this game? Uh, yeah, it's not like every other week. That's <laughs> that's for sure. First of all, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's not like every weekend, especially, you know, if you're looking at it from the OU side, and I've been on that side where, you know, one of these games I was embarrassed <laughs> and we were uh, basically shamed of our uh, performance in that matchup in 2000 when Oklahoma just put an old Testament style butt whipping on us. That's what Texas did to Oklahoma last season. I can guarantee Oklahoma's been obsessing about this game the entire offseason. Uh, and I guarantee you Brent Venables and his staff have been obsessing about it. They, they spent extra time preparing for this game plan. Uh, I'm sure Texas had done the same, but Texas had Alabama early on, so they couldn't totally spend their offseason devoted to uh, the juggernaut, uh, which is Oklahoma. But Oklahoma could do that for Texas because they really they had the luxury of being able to do that. So I expect Oklahoma to come out, uh, you know, with all all their firepower, guns are blazing early on. I think you're going to see the, the fight from Oklahoma early on because they know they got to match the energy from Texas. So Texas, at this point, based on, I think, the, the, the analysis of the matchup, they're just a more talented football team right now. Rod, what is the key to not getting too keyed up for this individual game as a player in it? Uh, I think being a veteran helps, right? Uh, and when you look at the look at the quarterbacks, right? Uh, there's a great stat that if you look at first-time starters for quarterbacks in the Texas Oklahoma game going up against starting quarterbacks who have experience in the Texas OU game. There only been four first-time starters who've beaten a veteran. Uh, starter from the Texas OU game in all of its history. All right, so you got right now Dylan Gabriel, who's going to be a first-time starter in this game, going up against Quinn Ewers, who's already started, had a spectacular performance last year. I think it's something about being able to handle the emotion because the environment is so unique. Right, you got the fans that are split, uh, the, the fans and the stands split right down the middle. Uh, is that a neutral site? Uh, that neutral site is the Texas State Fair. Uh, there's so much uh, vitriol and angst between the two uh, two squads, two programs. So I do think uh, handling the emotion 
Uh, sometimes it's really tough for young players. That's why even on the Texas side, we've seen young teams get blown out in these games. Uh, and that's because I don't think they understand the rules of engagement, the magnitude uh, of the of the platform that is Texas OU. And sometimes, you know, it, it overwhelms them. Dylan Gabriel, though, is different because uh, he's a six-year guy. I mean, he's been uh, quarter, uh, a veteran quarterback and in that system for a long time, just not in this game. But this game is unique. Even guys like Dan Neal told me who played in the Super Bowl that, hey, man, he would compare Texas OU to, to the Super Bowl that he played in in terms of how emotionally charged the environment is. And guys like Big Red, Keith Moreland, legendary lifetime Longhorn, told me he's, he's been on the he's been in the World Series at the plate in the World Series in clutch time. Uh, and he felt the same emotions that he felt in the Texas OU game at that time. That's the only thing he could compare it to. So it definitely has that unique emotional charge. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, Gabriel's a guy who if there's, you know, little little slights to him, it's like the, the big game performances, and this is the biggest game he's played in in, in his six years. So that's going to be fascinating. And sticking with that that Oklahoma offense, Rod, I mean, obviously he's able to do some nice things through the air. They've got a, a burgeoning wide receiver core, some guys uh, like Anthony that are, that are stepping up and making plays. Nick Anderson. Um, the run game, though, has been a little bit more of an issue, kind of still figuring that out, it seems like. Um, with Texas defense, what what stands out as far as what Oklahoma might try to do? What are potential weaknesses? What are strengths? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. Uh, I think most Longhorn fans that I've talked to, and if you watch the film on Texas, you're worried a little bit about the deep ball. Uh, there are some teams that have been able to attack Texas vertically down the field, specifically Texas safety. Texas rotating a few safeties, uh, and guys, some, some of those guys have been attacked. Uh, vertically. Uh, uh, Bama did it against Texas. Even Baylor was able to do it against Texas. Even Kansas last week uh, took a vertical shot, a post route on one of Texas safeties and got a touchdown. And Texas had to face backup quarterbacks, right, the last three weeks. I mean, what are the odds, guys, that you face backup quarterbacks three weeks in a row? I mean, I mean, TC, TC, you at least got to knock them out last year. Texas has been able to face backup quarterbacks. This is the best quarterback Texas will face. And they've been a little bit vulnerable to that deep ball. Ryan Watts, the boundary corner who's starting for Texas, he's day-to-day dealing with an injury. Uh, if he doesn't uh, start for Texas or if he has to leave that game, that's a freshman, Malik Muhammad. Malik Muhammad is probably going to be behind him. I just talked about how young players, they, they, they struggle uh, you know, handling the emotion of this game. If you're Oklahoma, you're going to go. First of all, you're going at Ryan Watts anyway because he's coming off an injury. Uh, and then second, you're going after the freshman that's coming right behind him, playing in the biggest game of his career with experience and Dylan Gabriel one of the things he's really good at guys is the deep ball right he's completed nearly 60% of his passes 20 yards or more down the field so they stretch you horizontally right formationally when they have those wide splits those wide receivers and then they're going to stretch you vertically with a deep shot that's how they try to make the run game work try to make you play with light boxes put, put your uh, safeties in no man's land get them stranded so they're late to the to running the alley to support the run Texas safeties Jalen Catalan specifically he's really good good at depth supporting the run coming up and running the alley i think he's the guy that's going to play a lot in this matchup rod you we mentioned and asked about the week of and, and how hard it, it's not just another game it, it is texas ou what is it like and you've experienced both winning in this game and also after you've played the game and it's in you lose is it is that different is it sick to your stomach feeling yeah, it, unfortunately, it feels like the end of the season. <laughs> if not, you really gotta you gotta pull yourself off the mat. And I unfortunately, I lost more than I won in this matchup. And I do remember that feeling because it, it, it's such it's such a huge uh, emotional letdown. I just talked about the emotion of it. And you know, you, and, and when I was playing, guys, and I think '99 was my first year. That was the, the Mike Leach 
banana in the tailpipe dummy, dummy script game that we <laughs> fell for and got down double digits and found a way to win. In 2000, uh, Bob Stoops comes along, wins the national title in his second year, and then they take this matchup, Texas OU, uh, back to the, the magnitude and the greatness that it should have been. And there was always national title implications. The winner would be catapulted into the national title conversation, and the loser would basically have to sit and wait on the forces around them and the football gods to, uh, to, to throw them some luck and have their favor. So that's what you don't want. You want to be able to control your own fate. It happens in this matchup. And one thing to watch, guys, is the momentum in this game. It's so unique because the, the fans and the stands are split right down the middle. The momentum shifts are just so drastic. Everything's amplified. But when uh, one team grabs the momentum, you got to grab it back. Remember when Caleb Williams took that fourth down, 60-something mm-hmm. yards for a touchdown. Texas was up, what, 20-something, I think three touchdowns yeah. in that game. And you could tell it was palpable, the momentum shift. And Texas never quite took it back. In Oklahoma, they just they, they maintained it for a long time. You have to be able to take that momentum back. If not, it's hard to gather it back because you can feel the letdown of one side of that stadium and the overwhelming joy of the other. Rod, how do you expect to see defenses maybe adjust to the fact that Quinn Ewers can run a little bit and maybe people didn't realize that before? Yeah, that's just unfair, isn't it? I, we didn't realize it either. Uh, I think, and I think Stark has Stark has encouraged him guys like, if they're going to give you green grass and disrespect your athleticism, take it. He lost about twenty pounds. Everybody knows that. Uh, and I talked to uh, Todd Dodge a couple of weeks ago, and Todd Dodge told us he ran track in high school. Who knew that? Uh, I guess he just wasn't very good, so nobody would have paid attention. But he can run. That is an element to his game now, and I think specifically he can help Texas guys in the red zone. The red zone is one of the few places where Texas struggles. Watch this in this game. If Brent Venables wants to play Denver break defense, that could be a problem for Texas. They're 108th in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Field goal percentage are struggling to convert Auburn and missing some easy field goals or easy your field goals, I should say. So that might be a problem. You ain't got to stop Texas necessarily in between the 20s. If you can bow your back in the red zone when that field shrinks, that's where Texas is having some trouble scoring. We, we can't really explain it. It doesn't make sense. But they're so explosive that they haven't had to really worry about it because they're scoring from outside the red zone so much. Rod, with that running game, uh, Jonathan Brooks and his emergence over these these last three weeks especially, I mean, I know he was kind of pegged as the guy going in, but obviously there's a lot of talk about the young running backs as well, and the, the, you know, the stars and all of that. Um, but just how important has that been to see him just become that guy, uh, so to speak? And what have been your impressions of, of just, you know, the run that he's been on, so to speak? Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable, guys. I mean, post Bijan and Rojo, I mean, we had no idea – that the running game was going to be a strength for the team. The assumption was that the running game, you know, was going to be a complementary piece to the passing game with all those weapons, JT Sanders, A.D. Mitchell, and X-Men. But now you're talking about the running game being a strength. Now you have to actually allocate resources to stop the running game. That's a mathematical equation, guys, that most defensive coordinators can't solve. They can't double X-Men, put a safety over the top of JT Sanders, and decide to stuff the box to stop the run. And that's what makes the job for Sark easier and it makes Quinn Ewers' job a whole lot easier. And let's not discount the offensive line, guys. The maturity of this group, I mean, they average about 325 pounds, biggest offensive line in the Big 12. Uh, the massive big humans project Sark talks about is actually coming to fruition. Hey, Rod, uh, I appreciate the passion and more. As a guy that played at Texas, and obviously you bleed burnt orange, when you have to give an opinion about them, when it's been a tough game, or there's, I mean, do you ever get any blowback from that at all? 
Oh yeah, I've gotten plenty, man. I, <laughs> I've gotten plenty. I've gotten plenty from the forty acres behind the burnt orange curtain itself, uh, and I've gotten some fans too that think I'm a little too negative. But you know, this is the why this season is so special because I don't really have to be negative. There's not a lot of bad things to say about this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of substance to this team, and I'm not gonna say Texas back. I'm not gonna go that far and scare people, but I will say that I think this team is for real. Uh, and so I've been pretty positive. I've been more positive than most of the fans this year. They, they're so used to negativity, guys. They've been yep. looking for stuff to complain about. They've been like, hey, what's up with the rotation of wide receivers? I'm like, do you really care about that after you beat Bama? Who right. gives a damn yeah. about the rotation of wide receivers? <laughs> no, I get it. I, I get it and love the truth serum. That's why we have you. We appreciate your time. Anything else? Uh, Rod Babers, former Texas corner, and covers them as well with a couple of different media outlets, including uh, the Horn down in Austin. We appreciate it, Rod. Have a great weekend. Have fun. Hey, thanks you guys for having me on. Anytime you need me, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rod Babers uh, also uh, is also a part of what is on Texas football, uh, at on Texas football with analysis of UT. Yeah, so uh, already concerned, even with an improved Oklahoma defense, about how, I mean, I'd be concerned for anybody facing the Texas offense, but it's like, oh, all right, now Jatavian Sanders is is definitely going to play. Oh, well, dang, there's one more, you know, major issue to have to worry about. And, oh, yeah, not Quinn Ewers is a runner. Okay, so uh, where do we not have to worry about something? I mean, loaded wide receivers. Jonathan Brooks is looking like maybe the best running back in the Big 12. They've obviously got a great offensive line. Quinn Ewers is doing anything and everything, basically. Um, and not having to be a you know throw for 350 and four touchdowns a week type of a guy. But now he's expanding the run game. I mean, and then you have Sark's play calling on top. I mean, it's... It's nasty, man. It's nasty. And then that defense is pretty good, too. So, you know, I, I know that like the one theory is the secondary has is, is, is got some vulnerability to it. But, I mean, goodness gracious, outside of that, there's there's not many holes anywhere that you look uh, for this Texas team. So it's all come together at just the perfect time for this final Big 12 run. And, you know, they are they're rightfully favorites, I think, heading into Dallas coming up here in a couple of days. But I know that Oklahoma's not going to just lay down, and especially – you know, with the way last year went, and, uh, you know, we're going to see a much better uh, uh, fight this time around. But, yeah, Texas looks really good and, and definitely amongst the, the cream of the crop that we've seen in college football. And I think depending on what we see from Oklahoma, I've been kind of – I don't know that they're that good, like upper tier, but, you know, if they show, a, you know, a certain type of performance this weekend and go get a win, then they would absolutely be in that conversation as well. But, uh, yeah, this will be a great game. And I don't know if this is – the possibility of them playing twice this year. There's so much more to go. I mean, there's so many games. Yeah, the Kyler Murray year when they uh, Texas won with Ellinger and then if turns around and and, and Oklahoma was explosive. Uh, what was Calcaterra, the tight end, I think, had a big game in the Big 12 championship game rematch. When Rod Babers was there his freshman year, uh, Texas beat Oklahoma 38-28, and that was their third consecutive win against the Sooners. But then was the national championship year he mentioned. It was 63-14. And then in 2001, Chris Sims had one of those where he was thrown it to the wrong people, 14-3, and then 35-24 in 2002. And not sure if that yet was Adrian Peterson or not. That might have been a little bit later on. I think it was a little bit later on. So there we are. With that, we appreciate Rod Babers and his time being a part of the show. 65-13, you're saying, was Adrian 
I can't remember. No, no, exactly. no, no. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think remember. he was a year or two later. Yeah. I think, but uh, yeah, I just and I remember Texas being there. Texas got him. I think maybe three out of four times he was at Oklahoma, or whenever he eventually left OU. But we'll get into that. I know you can tell me on the chat. That's fine. This has been a Rogue Media Network 